Welcome to the Vanguard Bible Church podcast. For more information about Vanguard Bible Church, visit www.vanguardbible.org or come worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. at Freedom Middle School in Northwest Bakersfield. We hope you enjoy today's message. Have you ever had your parents wake you up in the morning with the cheerful expression, rise and shine? I I know I did when I was growing up, and I'm probably guilty of using it a few times when my own children were younger as well. The origin of this popular idiom is not certain. Some sources think it originated from 18th century sailors who used it to arouse their fellow shipmates for another exhausting day uh, facing stormy seas and merciless sunshine in cramped quarters. Other sources think Rise and Shine may have come from the 17th century King James translation of Isaiah 60 verse 1, which says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Regardless, I'd like to show you how you can rise and shine each day with the Lord. But first, let's pause and take a moment to pray and ask the Lord to help us understand His Word. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, thank You so much for Your, for your Word, leaving us Your Word, and thank You so much for those who sacrificed to bring it to us. Lord, would You please, um, with Your Spirit, help us to understand and to grow in our love for Your Word as we study it together. Lord, would you ignite or reignite a passion, a love for your word that will carry us in the coming weeks and months. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to invite you to open up your copy of God's word with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And we're continuing our home Bible study series in the Gospel of Mark that I'm calling The Obedient Servant. Now, the New Testament tells us that Jesus Christ is the model of faith and practice for all Christians. For example, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the apostle wrote, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Therefore, whatever Jesus does, the professing Christian should do. And in the passage we're going to look at today, Jesus is going to model something that is so simple but sometimes very difficult to do. And so with that, if you would look at chapter 1 of Mark, and I'm going to read verses 35 to 39. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Okay, there are three things that Jesus teaches us about how to rise and shine in this passage. And here's the first one on your outline. Number one is this, spending time alone with God is not optional. Spending time alone with God is not optional. Jesus, you know, it's interesting, Jesus is often elevated as an example of compassion, servanthood, and morality, but 
Another example that he set that we don't hear much about is his devotional life. Getting alone with his father every morning was something Jesus did more often than we realize. Luke references Jesus praying more than any other gospel. Here's just a few citations from the Gospel of Luke to give you a sense of how often Jesus prayed and spent time with his father. In Luke chapter 3, it says that Jesus prayed before his baptism. In Luke chapter 5, we're told that Jesus often withdrew to secluded places to pray. In Luke 6, we're told that he prayed before choosing his disciples. In Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 18, we're told that he prayed before telling the disciples about his upcoming death for the first time. Uh, in Luke chapter 9 also, we're told that he prayed before the transfiguration. He also prayed four additional times, at least, in the Gospel of Luke. So, I share that with you just to say that the Gospels undeniably declare that time alone with his Father was not optional for Jesus. It was as essential for Jesus' spiritual life as food was for his body. And so, the commands in Scripture for us to pray and to read God's Word are there for good reason. They're there for our good, and they're, good to help, they're there to help us. Uh, at least one reason that I can think of why the Scriptures command that we pray and we study God's Word is the fact that our own sin nature makes us prone to avoid doing such important spiritual disciplines. Another reason is that nobody in world history ever prayed or studied God's Word too much. I mean, did you know the Lord has never said to any believer, you know, would it be possible for you to cut back on your devotional time just a little bit? I'm, I'm feeling smothered here. I, I think we need some time apart. No, of course not, because that's, that's, that is what sinners say to sinners in relationships. Now, my, my point is this. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you need to realize that the gospel is about so much more than Jesus just giving repentant sinners a free ticket to heaven. Jesus' death also made it possible for our broken relationship with God to be reconciled. And the beginning of this relationship is, is repenting of our sin and by faith trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. But the maintaining and building of this relationship, which he wants, is accomplished through a daily routine of personal Bible study and prayer. Now, let's pause the video for a moment. I'd like you to talk about this discussion question that I have on your worksheet. What does it mean when we say someone was just using us in a relationship? Or what? And how does that feel when that happens? If you would talk about that or think about that for a moment, and I'll be right back. Well, I'm sure you came up with some good uh, answers to this question. There's more than one. Uh, a few that came to my mind is that we, when, when we use the phrase that someone was just using us in a relationship, we, we often think that we were giving to the relationship while they were not. You know, they were just taking from it while we were giving. Um, sometimes we would say this when 
they showed no interest in us as a person, but only in what we could do for them or what we could get for them or who we could introduce them to. And I'm assuming you all would agree that it doesn't feel well to be used by others. We don't like it. Well, I need to ask you a tough question. Are you using Jesus? I mean, are you just using him to get to heaven instead of building a relationship with him? And I feel compelled to ask this question because I'm growing more and more concerned as a pastor that many professing Christians are doing so. You see, spending devotional time with the Lord throughout the week is important because when we don't, we're saying with our actions, Lord, I really don't want a relationship with you. We're, we're saying with our actions, Jesus, I, I want what you have to offer, but I don't want you. Or I, I want you to love me, Jesus, but I don't want to love you back. Now, if you've had your sins forgiven and have been reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, then you should want to spend time with the Lord daily out of gratitude for what He's done for you. And thankfully, the Scriptures also give us several benefits that come from spending time alone with the Lord. Here's at least four that I can think of. Uh, there's more than this, but for the sake of time, here's four benefits of having a disciplined devotional life. The first is, this is letter A on your outline, you'll learn how to love the Lord. You'll learn how to love the Lord. In, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Obviously, if we don't study the Bible, we won't know Jesus' commands. And if we don't know his commands, we can't keep them. And so studying the scriptures and spending time with the Lord throughout the week helps us learn how to love Jesus on his terms, not ours. Next, here's letter B. Another benefit of having a disciplined devotional life is that you'll be encouraged when you're discouraged. You'll be encouraged when you're discouraged. And Paul says in Romans 15, 4 that what was written in the scriptures was intended to instruct us, to give us endurance, to give us encouragement and hope. And throughout the centuries, God's people have run to God's word when they were discouraged and they received encouragement from the promises that were found in it. And did you know, by the way, that there's no saint sitting in heaven right now wishing they had read God's word and prayed less? No, instead, they all wished they had read it and prayed more. So, here's a third benefit of having a disciplined devotional life. Let her see. You'll gain wisdom. You'll gain wisdom for life. Uh, the scriptures make no bones about it. I'm not sure if that's the right phrase I want to use, but um, it's pretty clear in the scriptures that we as human beings lack wisdom. Uh, so if you need help in your marriage, uh, if you need help with your finances, your relationships, there are answers for you in God's Word. God's Word, as it says in Psalm 119, is like a lamp under our feet in a dark night. 
Proverbs 2 says the Lord breathes out wisdom from his mouth and that that wisdom is found in his word. Next, here's the fourth benefit. Letter D, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. If the first three reasons weren't enough to strengthen your devotional life, perhaps this last one will. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 that those who hear the word of God and keep it will be blessed. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord's blessing in my life, and I need the Lord's blessing in my life. So, I think there's something encouraging for us here in these principles that I'm talking about and in Mark chapter 1 that we can glean during this COVID-19 pandemic. And that is, before the pandemic hit the world in 2020, the Lord wanted to spend one-on-one time with us. And during this pandemic and the shutdown, when we can't see all of our friends and we can't see all the relatives we want to see, the Lord is still able to spend one-on-one time with us. And after this pandemic is done, He'll still be there and want to spend one-on-one time with us. And so regardless of whether... It's one of our best days or our worst days. The Lord still desires to spend time with us, time alone speaking to us. Now, here's the second thing that Jesus shows us in this passage. Uh, number two in your outline is that spending time alone with God should be our first priority. It should be our first priority. Notice how it says in verse 35 that Jesus got up very early in the morning to spend time with his father. Contrary to what some might think, doing morning devotions was just as hard for Jesus as it is us, if not harder. At this point in his ministry, Jesus' popularity was beginning to take off. And so, just like a celebrity, there were always crowds clamoring for his attention. It was also difficult for him because first century villages had narrow streets and one-room houses with 10 to 20 people living in them. Most village blocks consisted of four homes uh, facing a common courtyard. Because people in those days often got up early at sunrise to start working in the fields or tending their flocks, uh, it would have been difficult for Jesus to not be noticed. So he would have had to have gotten up before sunrise. Now I'm giving this background because most of us don't have the challenges Jesus did finding a quiet place to connect with the Lord. The biggest challenge we have today, quite honestly, is ourselves. We stay up too late devouring media, overpack our schedules, and we give the Lord our leftovers. Now, the scriptures make a compelling case for spending one-on-one time with the Lord as early in the morning as possible. Uh, For example, nearly all the saints who are elevated as examples and commended for their walk with the Lord in the Bible, they spent time with him at the beginning of their day. Uh, Abraham, in Genesis 19, it says that he got up early to stand before the Lord. In Genesis 28, Jacob got up early to worship the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 29, verse 20, King Hezekiah gathered the city leaders together early in the morning and went to the temple to worship the Lord. Uh, in Job chapter 1, verse 5, we're told that Job, this godly man who suffered, he, he was already in the habit of getting up early to offer sacrifices and prayer to the Lord for his family. And, of course, David, whom the Lord called a man after God's own heart, mentions, David mentions several times in the Psalms that he would rise early in the morning to pray. Now, why did they all do this? 
Well, just as orchestras don't tune their instruments after the concert, and athletes don't stretch after the game, and soldiers don't clean their weapons after the battle, the saints in Scripture did not want to start their day without meeting with the Lord. Now, let me just say that I don't believe the Scriptures dictate that our devotional time has to be early in the morning. However, I do think they teach morning is the best and wisest time. I also think there are rare exceptions in which it is wise to do them a, a little later in the day or a little later in the morning. For example, a nursing mother would probably benefit more by doing her devotions after putting her baby down for a mid-morning nap. Or someone who works second or third shift would want to do them before their shift. All that to say, we need to make sure that we don't try to make an exception for morning devotions because we lack self-discipline. Now, let's pause the video again. I'd like you to talk about this question, and that is, what are some common excuses that Christians give for not maintaining a consistent devotional life throughout the week? Talk about that for a moment, and I'll be right back. Well, I'm sure you came up with some, some good uh, answers to that question. Um, you probably talked about folks saying, I don't have time, you know, I'm so busy, I'm too tired in the morning, or I'm too tired at the end of the day. Um, or, you know, sometimes folks just don't know how. They don't know how to have a, a, a devotional time with the Lord. And some might say the Bible is too hard to understand. Now, to be honest with you, I have found over my many years of being a pastor, that most of these excuses are really just warning lights on the dashboard of your heart, meaning they are indicators of a more serious spiritual problem under your hood. And here's why. The Lord has hardwired all of us, all of us, to make time for what is most important to us. And so, you know, for example, when we want to spend time with our kids, we, we find ways to make that happen. Or when we want to go to uh, an event or a movie or some, some entertainment or sports event, we find a way to make it happen financially and time-wise. Well, when something is really important to us, we'll seek advice, get the resources we need, and make sacrifices in order to make it happen. And so, my point is, is that if meeting with the Lord really was important to us, and it should be, and if we really love the Lord, we will find the time, get the resources, and make it happen. Now, again, there's some encouragement here for us during this shutdown in 2020 with COVID-19, and that is that this is the perfect time to establish and improve your healthy devotional habits with the Lord. Let I me mean, just think about it. He has removed most of the excuses that we've come up with in the past for not doing devotions. Uh, many of us don't have to commute to work right now since we're working from home. Or uh, many of our favorite TV shows have been put on hiatus. Movie theaters are closed. Sports haven't been happening until just recently, but you know there still are not a lot of sports on TV. Health clubs are closed. Thus, 
We all have more discretionary time this year than we're used to having. So, here's the third thing that Jesus shows us in this passage. And that is, it, and, and this is number three on your outline, spending time alone with God will always be a battle. It will always be a battle. It'll never be easy. Did you notice in verses 36 and 37 that the disciples interrupted Jesus' prayer time? And, and what did they interrupt him with? The demands of the crowds. Everybody's looking for you. I think these two verses should encourage us. Why? Because even Jesus had difficulty getting one-on-one time with his Father. And Jesus faced challenges getting some alone time to pray. And if he did, then that should cause us to, I mean, why won't it happen to us, of course? I mean, if it happened to him, it's going to happen to us. Now, there are two common obstacles. I think when we peel away all the layers of the onion, two common obstacles that are going to make it difficult for us to get our day started with the Lord. So here's letter A on your outline. The first is, your sin nature will always resist it. Your sin nature will always resist it. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that we should train ourselves for godliness. He uses the Greek word gymnazo, it's where we get gymnasium from, uh, and he's using it to, to use the metaphor of physical exercise to make a point about the heart, and that is our hearts need to be whipped into shape just like our bodies do. And just like physical exercise, spiritual growth is hard work that requires self-discipline. Now, I can tell you honestly, I never feel like going to the gym to work out, but I'm always glad that I did. And in a similar fashion, I sometimes don't feel like doing my morning devotions, but I'm also always glad that I did. Here's a second obstacle you'll run into, letter B, is your adversary will always discourage it. Your adversary will always discourage it. You see, the adversary is going to work overtime to keep you from spending time with the Lord. And this is because he knows that Christ followers who don't pray or study God's Word get discouraged, fall into sin, and eventually wander away from the Lord. On the other hand, Christ followers who do pray and study God's Word are a threat to the adversary's wicked agenda. Now, before we transition to applications, here's just some pastoral counsel that I have on how to have a, uh, an effective devotional time. Uh, first of all, you want to choose a specific time of day when you can be alone and uninterrupted. You want to be alone and uninterrupted. Find a quiet place to go, just like Jesus did. Next, you'll want to use a modern Bible translation. Of course, you know I recommend the ESV. The NIV is a good translation as well. That'll help you be able to understand what you're reading a little better. Um, next, you're going to want to choose a Bible study plan. Some people read a chapter a day out of a book of the Bible. Say, for example, doing a chapter a day out of the Gospel of John until you're done with the Gospel of John. Sometimes I've heard people do um, one proverb a day out of the book of Proverbs. There's 31 proverbs, so of course that ends up working out to be about a month. But you get the general idea. Uh, another idea is that some 
some Bibles have reading plans, and there's reading plans on the internet too that you can use where it gives you an Old Testament and New Testament reading each day so that you can read through the Bible in a year. Or another option is to use a devotional book. Uh, a devotional book, and I've got a couple here that I love and I'm using right now. A devotional book is simply a, a guide. It's usually written by a pastor, author, or theologian. And what it usually does is it'll give you a scripture reading for the day. Uh, and you read the passage in your own Bible. And then after that, you read a little bit of commentary and some insight from the teacher or the author. And then at the bottom, a good devotional book will give you a takeaway or an application question to consider. Uh, I love using devotionals so that I can have other authors speak into my life. There are great ones out there, and there are not great ones out there. So please see me for some recommendations if you're needing some so that you get them from a reliable, trustworthy author. Um, so anyway, those are a few resources that can help you, and they've helped me over the years as well. And there's more ideas I could give you later if you want to chat or email me. Uh, next, you're going to want to schedule about 30 minutes. About 30 minutes, I find, is helpful. And that is, it allows you to, um, first of all, not rush into the Lord's presence or to rush away from His presence. So um, you want to quiet your heart before you, with some prayer. So when you sit down, you open your Bible, settle down and pray because it's a way to help settle your heart and your mind. Give the Lord your distractions, things you're thinking about. In fact, I sometimes even will um, put a sticky note and a pen next to me in case I've got a lot of tasks in my mind I'm thinking of, and I'll just write them down so that I know I'm going to get it out of my head. It's right there on my sticky note so I can worry about it later. You'll, you'll next want to spend 15 to 20 minutes reading the Word. Choose a verse after you read the passage that you can go back and meditate on. Find a verse that leaps off the page at you. Maybe it's a verse you want to memorize. You can write it down on a 3 by 5 card. And you can take it in your car with you or stick it up in the bathroom or at the kitchen sink just to meditate and read that verse throughout the day. And what I've counseled people to do over the years, and I've found this to be true in my own walk with the Lord, is that if you will schedule five days a week, 30 minutes a day with the Lord, spend time in His Word, 15 to 20 minutes, and then maybe 10 minutes in prayer, you will grow in your walk with the Lord. You will grow. You, you will see noticeable change happen over time. Just like if you were to discipline yourself to go to the gym five days a week and spend 30 to 60 minutes working out, after a little while, you'd be able to look back and, and see, wow, I've, I've lost weight. I, my conditioning is better. I'm stronger. I'm more flexible. Um, you, you know, all my, my statistics are looking better. Doctor's proud of me in the same way. So, uh, Schedule workout time for your heart to get with the Lord and try to get 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Now, just a little tip, by the way, and one last tip I want to give you, and this is, I want to share this with you because I've heard a lot of people say this to me over the years as a, as a substitute. They try to use this as a substitute for devotional time with the Lord. They'll say, well, I listen to Christian radio on my way to work, or I listen to sermons when I'm driving into work, or, you know, I, I, I looked up a verse on the internet during uh, my lunch break or something. 
Those are supplements. Think of them like vitamins, but they aren't a substitute for quality time sitting down with the Lord in a quiet place where you can be alone and hear the whisper of His Spirit and be able to read His Word and take it in. So please keep that in mind. Next, uh, just there's some hope and encouragement again that I think we can glean from this, and that is that during this season in which many people are struggling or discouraged, there is hope and encouragement waiting for you in the Scriptures if you will make time for the Lord. You will be able to get through whatever difficulty you're facing this year if you will make time for the Lord to get in His Word and to pray. Okay, let's talk about applications. first application of two that I want to give you is this. Check your heart. Check your heart. And here's why. If you've never had the desire to spend one-on-one time with the Lord, it could be that you're not born again. When an unbeliever repents of their sin and trusts in Christ alone for their salvation, the Holy Spirit moves in the heart. He literally moves in and begins to renovate his or her desires, his or her desires, so they match God's desires. One of the things the Spirit of God desires is to teach you and I the Word of God. Thus, the solution is to receive Christ so the Spirit can create the appetite for God's Word in your heart. Now, if you are saved and you do have the desire to spend time with the Lord, but maybe you're struggling right now to do so, another reason to check your heart is to find the root that is diminishing your desire to spend time with Him. It could be that you have unconfessed sin that has desensitized you to the Holy Spirit. It could be disappointment with God that's causing you to distance yourself from Him. Or it could be that you just simply need to become more disciplined. If you need help diagnosing the root of your struggle, I am always available to help. Just give me a call, shoot me an email, and we can talk about it. Our second application is one you get to write down by answering this question. What do you need to do this week in order to improve your daily time with the Lord? What do you need to do this week? Be specific. I had a mentor who had taught me once that vague goals are only aspirations that we'll never follow through with. So he consistently challenged me to make my goals calendarable, measurable, and accountable, or they won't happen. This means our goals have to have, our goals, for example, to have a better devotional time need to have a date, a time, some number, and some form of accountability to make sure that we follow through. For example, a good goal might be starting tonight, I'm going to go to bed 30 minutes earlier so I can get up 30 minutes earlier tomorrow morning and spend time with the Lord in private on the back patio Monday through Friday. And I'm going I'm to do this Monday through Friday, and I'm going to do it by reading a chapter a day of the Gospel of John. Or you could decide, I'm going to email Pastor Kerry, 
for some new devotional book ideas, recommendations from him. And I'm going to order one the same day he replies to me. And then I'm going to invite a friend to go through that devotional book with me so we can mutually encourage each other. You get the idea. Make it calendarable, measurable, and accountable, or it won't happen. Well, I hope that this time in the scriptures and talking about how to have a good devotional time has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord so that you can rise and shine each day throughout the week for Him. Uh, before I sign off, uh, I just want to thank those of you have, who have continued to support the ministry of Vanguard with your tithes and offerings. If you still uh, are able to worship the Lord through giving, I want to encourage you to visit the Give page on our website for our giving options. Also, um, I, want to, uh, I want to thank, if, if you're struggling with discouragement, excuse me, if you're struggling with discouragement, uh, there's a book I want to recommend for you to, to read this year, uh, and it's this one by Jerry Bridges called Trusting God. Uh, this is an older copy. The, the newer copy has um, an updated cover on it, but Trusting God by Jerry Bridges is a book I highly recommend you read. In addition to your Bible, you will find, if you read this book and you look up the scriptures that Bridges talks about in this book, uh, you will have a peace that floods your heart that you've never experienced before. And so I really want to encourage you, if with this extra time that you have on your hand, to not only be faithful in your devotions, but if you're struggling with your finances, your job, or with what God is doing in this pandemic, get a copy of Trusting God from Amazon and start reading through it. Or maybe go through it with a friend and share together what you're learning. Well, speaking of peace and having peace with God, uh, your weekly verse of encouragement is Isaiah 26, verse 3. And that's where the Lord says this, uh, Isaiah does, excuse me, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you will make time, if you will make time, because you're going to have to, if you'll make one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord a part of your day throughout the week, your mind will remain focused on Him, and you will have perfect peace. Thanks for tuning in. If this video has helped you, please consider sharing it with someone. Until then, I'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this Vanguard Bible Church podcast. You can find more sermon messages online at vanguardbible.org. Have a great week, and we hope we'll see you soon.